Hello, fellow Rebel Capitalists. Hope you're well. We got some some bad news from the Wall Street Journal, but I think that if we look at the statistics and kind of take a step back, and then we can maybe use this unfortunate news to better predict what we may see with macroeconomics moving into 2024. That's why I want to address this topic. So let's go right over to the Wall Street Journal and check this out. As you guys can probably guess, uh, the statistics for homeless people have just completely gone off the charts. Uh, they, we, I guess they set a record for the increase in homeless people over the last year. So like I said, very unfortunate. I mean, I don't like, as an American, I don't like reporting these types of stories. Oh, it's not that I don't like them. It's just that, uh, you know, it, it's, um, it's sad, quite frankly. It makes me sad. But we've got to recognize the reality of what's going on. We can't just bury our head in the sand, for heaven's sakes. And then as uh, prudent investors or people who are just trying to figure out the world around us, we have to take this information and plug it into our framework. That's really why, that's what I want to focus on with this story. So title, more Americans are ending up homeless at a record rate. High housing costs and evictions push more people from homes, advocates say. And I, I think a lot of this has to do with not just home prices, but mental illness, drug use. I mean, we're seeing pretty much a perfect storm since 2020. I mean, let's lock people in a cage. Let's turn them into drug addicts. Let's give them stimmy checks. And then, you know, what, what, what should we expect? And then let's just boost housing prices artificially, uh, you know, over years and years and years. And, uh, you know, rents go up at the same time. What do you expect, honestly? And so now let's, I want to just step back for a moment here and think about this in terms of the housing market, because most of the people on this live stream right now, although I'm sure they see the homeless, I would call it an epidemic, uh, especially if they live in an urban area, they see this daily, but it might not impact their lives directly other than I'm sure it just makes them just as sad as, as I am to see this in these statistics. But it's what does impact most of the people on this live stream or watching this video is the housing market. You either have to pay rent or you have to pay a mortgage, most of you. So what I've always said about this dynamic between rent and prices, you know, the housing bulls say, well, if, uh, you know, right now rents are very, very low relative to prices, they're extremely high, but relative to prices, they're lower. And they say, so therefore rents have got to go up to meet the prices because that's always how it works. Prices get expensive and then rents are cheap. So more people rent till, till rents get expensive, then more people buy. And you just have this kind of upward trending uh, feedback loop. And I always push back on that. I say, okay, yeah, I get it. I get the dynamic there. But this implies that incomes are limitless. At a certain point, you run into a, a ceiling called real income. And if real income, income adjusted for inflation, is not going up, purchasing power going down, where, where are people going to get the money for these higher prices for, to, to buy a house? And where are people going to get the money for rent? I mean, you can't just, I mean, I get it. Your macroeconomic model says that rents right now should be $5,000. Let's just say that that's, you know, your economic model. Uh, fantastic. Where are people going to get $5,000 a month for rent? 
So at a certain point, it just doesn't matter what the model says the prices should do. You run into that dead end called people's income. <laughs> and uh, so, I, you know, I don't know how this plays out. As most of you know, my base case over the next five years, I think that real estate prices will go down nationally in real terms when you adjust for inflation. Maybe not in nominal terms, though. That's kind of my base case, but anything can happen. But it is interesting to see this dynamic play out. And if you are someone that's extremely bullish on housing, then you unfortunately must also be very bearish on homelessness, meaning that if you're bullish on housing, you must also acknowledge that the homeless problem in the United States is going to get far worse. And that's assuming that it's just affordability, uh, an affordability issue, and it's not a, a mental illness drug issue, which it's, it's most likely a combination of everything. So this is how they compiled the homelessness, the homeless numbers. The journal reviewed available data on more than 300 entities that count homeless people in areas ranging from cities to entire states. Those entities accounted for eight of every nine homeless people counted last year. So I, I know a lot of people might push back on these statistics, but I mean, for heaven's sakes, open your eyes. Um, I, I know it's just anecdotal, but every single time I go to a U.S. city now, I'm just shocked by the amount of homeless people. I mean, I was just in Park City for our mastermind group, and then I spoke at a conference in Los Angeles. My good buddy, Eric Sue, who's in the digital marketing space with his partner, Neil Patel, and Obviously, the, the, the sh you can see the amount of homelessness has, has really gone up, but it really hits home when I was going into the international airport, or excuse me, the international terminal at LAX, because I had to go from LAX straight down to Bogota to get back to Medellin. So going into the international terminal, you know, walking around there, uh, the first thing I noticed is, A, there's homeless people everywhere, which I, I never really used to see homeless people at, the, at an airport. And not only they're just outside, but then you walk into the terminal and there's homeless people everywhere inside the terminal, just like sleeping and you know, doing whatever it is. And, and then, well, whatever it is, is doing drugs because then you go into the bathroom, which is, you know, where I went after looking at that sign, showing what gate your flight's at or whatnot. And then as I'm entering the bathroom, there's literally police officers taking homeless people out of the bathroom because the homeless people were in there in the stalls just doing drugs. This is in the international terminal of the airport at LAX, for heaven's sakes. So I, I know even if someone is pushing back against the Wall Street Journal saying they're biased and whatnot, I agree all media outlets are biased, but I, I tend to believe these numbers just because it's what I see with my own eyes. Getting back to the article. The data so far this year are up roughly 11%, 11% from 2022. Jeez, a sharp jump that would represent by far the biggest recorded increase since the government started tracking comparable numbers in 2007. And again, this is very consistent with what I've seen, and I'm sure most of you watching this video would agree. The next highest increase was 2.7. My goodness. Jeez. So for those of you new to the channel, you might not know this, but I don't do much preparation before I go live. <laughs> so this is actually the first time I've read this article in detail. I just read the title before we went live. 
I didn't know that the increase went from or the highest prior increase was 2.7%. And over the last year, we're up 11%. Wow. That is tough to get your head around. Jeez. That's really an incredible statistic. Let's keep going here. The journal's tally thus far includes more than 577,000 homeless people. The outstanding entities known as... Uh, as continuums of care decline to provide their numbers. Okay, so this is their kind of exclusive numbers from the Wall Street Journal. These are preliminary numbers and a final estimate meant to represent the single night of homelessness in the United States. Okay, so factors at play according to advocates. Well, I mean, I'm no genius, but I'm guessing it's mental health, drugs, and affordability. Uh, They say this year's surge reflects a host of pressures around the United States, such as rising housing costs, there we go, lack of affordable rental units, and nation's continuing opioid crisis, so drugs. According to reports from nonprofits and government agencies counting the homeless. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of -of out-of-control central banks, and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Now, again, let's step back and think about this in terms of the overall housing market. And for the, 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 the national aggregate total, I think obviously this is very bearish. And um, unfortunately, this is with a backdrop of historically low unemployment. And keep in mind, what's the Fed trying to do right now? They're, they're literally, explicitly trying to increase the unemployment rate. So if the homeless rate went up by 11% over the last year, that's with the unemployment rate at 3.5%, a historic low going all the way back to the late 1960s. So what happens if Jerome Powell achieves his objective and gets unemployment up to 4, 5, 6, 7%, and who's to say that he doesn't overshoot? That's what the yield curve is predicting. And if we overshoot, say we get up to 7, 8, 9% unemployment, Okay, fantastic. Now what happens to the homeless problem? I mean, I mean maybe in a way that, that would be good because maybe that drives down housing prices in nominal terms, but obviously a mixed bag to say the least. It's just hard to, to understand how you can have the unemployment, the, uh, the unemployment rate so low while at the same time having the homelessness rate increase by 11% when the biggest increase prior on record was 2.7%. That, that's quite scary when you think about it. 
So the so here's a quote from Donald Whitehead Jr., executive director of National Coalition of Homeless, an advocacy group. He says the COVID relief funds, stimmies, provided a buffer. We're seeing what happens when those resources aren't available. Yeah. Look, when you lock everyone in a cage for six months or whatever we did, that's going to have unintended consequences. Or maybe it's not unintended. Maybe there's maybe these are intended consequences. I mean, if you're trying to tear down society, this is a great way to do it. So it goes on to say how uh, evictions are up. Uh, they, they're trying to blame it on costs. But you know what's what's first thing that comes to mind? And although the costs are a big component, I know, I believe it was in San Francisco, they open up all these new housing units for homeless people and the majority, I think it was like 55% or so, of the homeless people refused to even go into that. They didn't even want a house. They didn't even want it. They wanted to live on the street. And this is, I think, what shows the, the, the mental illness component and the drug component. And uh, in order for us to solve this problem, you, you've got to address that first and foremost. But I think it all starts with the health of the economy, right? If, if we really had a true free market, free market capitalism, if you take away the stimmy checks, if you uh, incentivize people to actually work instead of doing the opposite, and then you don't try to demonize people who have been successful, and then you start focusing your attention on the family, on the nuclear family, instead of trying to tear the family apart. You see, I think it, for me, and, and you guys, let me know what you think. If our, if our culture went back to prioritizing things that it did when I was growing up. And if our culture focused more on family and to a certain degree, I think if it focused more on religion, even if you're an atheist, you've got to admit that having religion as a core belief system gives an individual and therefore a family and a society, it gives them a purpose higher than themselves. And if you look at human history, that can have some very positive benefits, um, even if you don't believe the whole religious component of it. So you, you take out that higher purpose. The divorce rate, let's say, is at 50 60%. We're demonizing fatherhood. We're demonizing masculinity. So you take that out of the equation. And you look at all of these uh, you know, young males that are growing up and father's not around. You've got a mother probably doing her best, a single mom, and then 99% of his teachers are female. So you have no male influence on a nine-year-old boy or, you know, going into the preteen and teenage years. This is what you're going to get. It's not rocket science, for heaven's sakes. So, again, I think the solution here, in my opinion, would be you've got to get society. You've got to have a fundamental shift in society. To go back to where we're prioritizing success, prioritizing the family, and prioritizing having a, a true male influence in children's lives and, and not saying, oh, that's a bad thing. You know, oh, toxic max masculinity, toxic masculinity. Hey, maybe a little masculinity here and here and there. Maybe it ain't so bad, especially for boys. <laughs> Imagine that, right? It's odd that you never hear about toxic femininity. Right, guys can be as feminine, and that's just perceived as you know something that men should strive for. Men should strive to be far more feminine, but somehow that's not toxic. 
But if a guy is actually being a guy and playing, you know, just kind of not what would you, what would you imagine would be natural for guys being masculine? Of course, that's you can't say that anymore. But you'd think that from a standpoint of mental stability that that would give them a better shot of not seeking out drugs and actually doing something positive with your life. So there's a lot of variables here, but I think we understand in looking at this problem, how we got here. I think it's, it's extremely obvious when you look at last 10 years. So what we need to do is pretty much the opposite of that. And we got to unwind that and understand that, okay, you know, maybe the pendulum was over here, but now it's way over here. We got to find something in the middle here. We got to go back to just having uh, the foundation or setting up the fundamentals for young people, young males to succeed in life long term. I think that's the only way that you're going to get rid of this homeless problem. Because, I mean, I don't know the statistics. Let's see if they say them here. But my guess would be 90% of homeless people are, are male. It's, it's, it's not often that you get females that are homeless. So getting back to the article here, here's some more statistics that, that show the chronic homelessness in the United States. And you see it just skyrocket over the last year. Really, we started seeing this problem in 2016, started to ramp, ramp up significantly. And I think just thinking this through, that's when real estate prices really started to get out of hand. Uh, that's when the, the, the drug problem, that's when the mental illness, the opioid I think that's really when it takes off. So that would make sense. And then certain areas are far worse. They say here in New Orleans, uh, the count rose by almost 15% over the last year. Wow. Hmm. Well, there you have it. Again, a fortunate, a very sad story, quite frankly. But I think it's something that we need to ask ourselves, at least when I look at this through the framework of macro, I say, okay, what's the problem? What's causing it? And then do we have, is there a high probability that this continues or is there a higher probability that we somehow reverse course and go the other direction? Unfortunately, if I had to put money on it, I, I would bet that this is, the things that are contributing to this homeless rate, this alarming homeless rate, are going to get worse before they get better. I believe that when we do have a, a recession, that the government is going to respond to that in the same way that they responded in 2020 but just more of the same. So if we had a $5 trillion CARES Act, okay, now we're going to get a $10 trillion CARES Act. And if you believe like I do, that that CARES Act, the STEMI checks and whatnot, were a huge, huge contributor, uh, at the very least an accelerator for the homeless problem that we now face, what happens when you double that? You know, I, I, I just can't imagine a scenario where we go through a significant recession and, or maybe worse, and the government says, okay, no more stimmy checks. We saw that didn't work. We got to just tighten our belts. We got to let some banks fail. We got to let some big Fortune 500 companies go bust. We've got to just take the, 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 the medicine. I just, I don't see us doing that, right? We're going to do everything that we possibly can to avoid the short-term pain, which as we now see, produces a lot more pain longer term. And so if the homelessness increases, then you know, how does that play out for society at large and the overall economy? You know, what does that do to the, uh, the government's response mechanism, uh, UBI, as an example? And then what does that do to the stock market? What does that do to the housing market? 
and what are the unintended consequences going to be um, from those types of policies moving forward. Uh, once I get over the, the how sad this actually is, that's kind of where my thinking goes. All right, guys, uh, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism, and standing up for family values, standing up for masculinity, positive masculinity, for heaven's sakes. See you in the next video.